it's the Creator Spaces Show. Welcome back to the Creator Spaces Show. And today, we're talking about humanizing automation with Tom Nasser. This conversation explores how to create more mindful time at work and save 50% of your weekly work hours. Let's get right into it. Do you consider yourself a creator? I absolutely do consider myself a creator. I think that creator term used to be a great definer for people on YouTube, writing blogs and things like that. But in this no low code space, creators, I think, are starting to bleed into the area of creating automations and creating systems and process and documentation for the business. And like a creator or a designer are starting to really get blurry lines around where that process starts and stops. And for me, that's been a really exciting edge to be on. I think the creator mindset is tremendously valuable when we're starting to look at some of the tools that we have at our disposal now and then just playing with them simply. A lot of the value that you can create is just out of play and out of necessity. So yeah, I'm certainly in that bucket. What do you personally create? So just to rewind the clock a little bit from a background perspective, my background's in philosophy. I bootstrapped a business to business design agency for four and a half years and grew that to about 20 people and sold it to a bigger agency here in New Haven, Connecticut. So everything digitally related, right? Like the automation space, the design space, the development space, all of this was foreign to me. And I literally created my old company, Checkmate Digital, as a way of getting paid to learn. What am I creating? It's more of what am I learning? So I sold that agency in 2019, October of 2019, which was the luckiest timing that I could have imagined. And then coming into 2020, one of the things I did at Checkmate and one of the reasons that we ended up getting acquired is because I had set up automated systems inside of the company. What does that mean? A Zapier Zap that was 60 steps long, that whenever we signed a new client, it would go into our project manager and it would create the templates inside of Google Drive and it would auto compile a presentation, create a QuickBooks customer and send an invoice and create a Slack channel. And it did all of these things associated with setting up a client for my agency. So I ended up making this onboarding automation for my clients and for my team internally at Checkmate. And that was just an enormously valuable thing. Everything could get done immediately, the same way, all the time. And I had confidence in that. So throughout 2020, basically I used that as a blueprint I reached out to a couple of friends in the, in the agency world and I said, look, this is what I did at Checkmate. This is some of the efficiencies that you can create. And I started building and creating these semi-automated, fully automated processes for organizations and doing a lot of thinking about what is worthy of human attention. It's a real question. Like we have to grapple with that. We're humans in an AI and robotic world. And we need to think about what is worthy of your attention and how does the organization intentionally craft processes so that you as a human experience whatever you're supposed to experience operating inside of the company. And when you extract that to like beyond a 10 person consultancy, beyond a 20, 50, 100,000 person organization, you start to see these patterns that can be daunting and it can be a huge opportunity. And it's this weird intersection that I like to think of as a workflow. In the workflow inside of the company, what is your experience as an employee? 
or a founder. Like everyone's talking about user experience inside of an application. Let's bump out of that for a second and say, what about your experience working at this company, doing this process that involves five apps and versions and drafts and blah, 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 and deadlines. These are the experiences that people are having. And I think, especially in the COVID world right now, we're all working from home and it's like a little weird. These processes are having a really hard time matching with people's expectations and what the firm actually needs from a value creation standpoint. Explore your interests as much as you can when you're still young, because as your responsibilities increase, your free time will become more scarce. Tom Nasser's story also exemplifies the importance of automating business operations because it will allow you to identify what is really worthy of your attention. You'll be able to streamline your employees' workflow so that they can focus on what really matters. So how does Tom actually do it? The blog post is entitled The Company X-Ray Method. And this is what I was thinking about to create more mindful time at work. How do we remove the work between the work and just focus on the things that actually require human attention? And there's four categories at the top of the blog post and then three categories at the bottom. The first four is what every company experiences, and that's everyone uses SaaS tools. Everyone has business processes and inside of every single business process are robotic tasks and mindful tasks. So between business processes and software tools, pretty much every knowledge worker on the planet is doing those two things, operating inside of a process, using some tools to do that process. Really not overly complicated. But on the bottom half of that blog post is what you would need to do to make a semi-automated workplace. Those are things like documentation, asset templates, and automated work. So automated work goes down a whole rabbit hole of methods that you can use to execute work more simultaneously, leveraging tools like Zapier and surveys and operational databases and like a whole bunch of other nerdy things inside of the automated work. But on the documentation and asset template side, it's super simple. Documentation is like, how is this supposed to be used? At small companies, we suck at documentation. At large companies, we're bogged down by documentation. <laughs> so there's some essentialness of documentation. But asset templates, you can think of them as the blank templates that the robots update and edit. So just rewinding the clock back to Checkmate, when I was talking about, hey, I do my whole client onboarding is all automated. I had a welcome letter, a kickoff presentation, and those two things were actually Google Doc and Google Slide templates that you use handlebar notation. And when you do those bracketing inside of your documents or inside of your Google Slides presentations, you're able to treat them like variables inside of a Zapier. It'll make your life a lot easier because you just make that one presentation and then you have robots execute the template. It's just the right way to do it. The X-Ray method is a way to leverage the tools and processes you already use in a more efficient and transparent way to better achieve your business goals. A link will be provided in the description if you'd like to learn more about the X-Ray method and how you can start using it today. You like to fly low on a lot of stuff. You like to stay below the radar. And so mm. I'm wondering, especially with the build and public movement, are you feeling mm. FOMO? I am. <laughs> Actually, it goes against what I would normally do because I do like to build in public. There are a couple of things that I have built in public about. This particular, I'd say, foray that I'm going on right now in the no low code space, I'm not quite comfortable building in public because of the fragility with the young company. 
yeah. towards the end of this year or when we build a little bit bigger of a moat, I think I will come out and take a stand on that stuff. But the community aspect in the low no-code space, I've been building basically a bank of YouTube videos that we're going to post for tutorials. And a lot of this information that I just talked about today with the company X-Ray method is going to be core to what I'm thinking about and what I want to do. And I think a lot of these principles translate regardless of automation platform, regardless of software tool. You're seeing this across the industry. Do you care about Pipedrive or HubSpot? Does it matter? It's a CRM. The categories of software are, I think, the things that matter. You need to have a payment processor if you're going to take online payments. Does it really matter if it's Square or Stripe? I guess it depends what your rate is that you're paying. That's the deciding factor. What's your North Star metric for success? What are you looking for? For me, it comes down to happiness and stress level, first and foremost, because I'm not going to be able to help and deliver value if not feeling good. I oh, see. I was expecting billions made. So. <laughs> I very firmly believe that dollars are a function of doing the things right. If you're in business to primarily make money rather than being in business to provide value in a way that you enjoy, it's probably not going to be a business you're in super long. And I think younger entrepreneurs especially get caught up in the romantic story of entrepreneurship that happens to be in the media right now. But if you look at what actually happens in it and the shit that entrepreneurs just slog through to try to make it happen, none. <laughs> There's none. So like the metric that I care about really is am I getting enough sleep at night? Am I waking up in a cold sweat? Look, it's gone through every aspect of life, right? There's been times where I've been too stressed to eat and throwing up in the morning on an empty stomach. It's just like a bad place to be. And there's places where I made how much much money today? Shit, I would do this for free because I'm having so much fun. And you're on both sides of that. So for me, it's a lot more about am I centered? Am I balanced? Am I treating myself or my body with the nutrients that I need to perform at my best? And hopefully we don't skip lunch. Self-care is a way of ensuring that we don't burn ourselves out. And taking care of yourself also reflects on the work you produce. That being said, it's pretty clear that it takes precedence over your work. What's your current goal as a creator? When I think about creating stuff, I think about maintaining the momentum of what I've created. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. For example, I used to automate a lot of things inside of Google Sheets. So every automation I would build, I'd add it to this Google Sheet. It was this enormous Google Sheet. And I did all this stuff in Google Sheets. And as a creator, like I took a lot of pride in being able to use these tools in that way. Then somebody moved a column and pretty much all of the work that I had done, all the automations that I hooked up got scrapped because I needed to rebuild everything into Airtable. So one of my goals as a creator is to build things that I personally do not need to maintain and is not going to break regardless of my direct involvement in it anymore. And that's really hard to do. I think I'm still practicing trying to do that. I don't think I've figured it out perfectly yet, but creating things that make more time for humans to do human things and building it in a way that they can understand. And it's not this like black box inside of the automation tool that no oh, one yeah. else understands. That's the problem, right? As a creator, I never want to build something that someone else can't understand. Tying your client's hands together and saying, see, I'm the only one with the scissors. I'm the only one that can set you free is not a great way to run a business. And as always, we wrap it all up by answering the question. If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be and when would it be? You get to choose the start. 
I'm a big stoicism believer. And at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I really did not focus on the things that I can control. Like in every situation, there's things that you can control and there's things that you can't. And being acutely aware of the things that are out of your control is very liberating, I've found. And when I think about the darkest moments that I've had in my startup career, it's been times that I am so emotionally and mentally and physically wrapped up in whatever this outcome is or whatever this thing is that's actually entirely out of my control. So if I were to send a tweet back to myself back in the day, and I'm still trying to remind myself this on a daily basis, pretty much, is focus on the things you can control, acknowledge and accept the things you can't. We all just experienced a global pandemic. How much of this is in our control? And are you gonna be stuck at home, upset, wallowing because we can't go to the store or whatever? Or, of course not. There's more to life than things that you can't control. There's a whole section of things that you can't worry about those things. It's hard. Nobody's saying this is easy, but it's gotta be a conscious choice. And we're conscious beings. We have to accept that and choose that. That's all.